Thanks everybody for joining us. And we have today, some big spoilers. Today. We do. We have some humdingers to get to. <laughs> but uh, hey, Kathy. Hey, Christine. Hey, Kenny. Uh, hey, Neville. Thanks everybody for uh, for being here. Daniel, we thought we'd kick it off with a fun little thing. Yes. That, why don't you go ahead and tell them what's happening, Kayla? Okay. Well, for all of you sports fans, baseball fans out there, uh, MLB opening day is tomorrow, and MLB has rolled out a really cool clip. Um, of the Game of Thrones intro, but it's of all of these baseball stadiums. And they're also advertising their Game of Thrones nights that are going to be taking place throughout the season with certain teams. My St. Louis Cardinals are one of them. Um, <laughs> so it's really exciting. It's pretty cool. The I, intro I, is really I cool. like that they, uh, you know, it's, it's, it shows that Game of Thrones has arrived. It can pull in this kind of big-time partnership. Yes. And they did this last year, too. They did. But um, maybe they're ramping it up this year. Roll the tape. We have the tape, right? We think. Okay. But yeah, they did it just like a Game of Thrones intro. They did. Brought In the meantime, YouTube. hey everybody, Laura, Kenny, Kenny, go Cubbies. <gasps> Cubs aren't doing one, by the way. White Sox They're are. not doing it? Nope. Wait, really? Why not? Oh, it's fine. You know, you get the idea. It's Baseball, just, Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's a select uh, group of teams. You can go to MLB.com slash Game of Thrones and you can see which teams are participating. It's pretty cool. I like it. Did you happen to go to any games last year with the Game of Thrones Knights? I didn't. I think Carm was able to get to one. Uh, he said they were doing some kind of night at some point. That's so yeah, as you see, it's like a Game of Thrones intro, but it's all <laughs> baseball parks and stadiums. It's really right. cool. This was very creative, whoever was behind this. It's pretty cute. I don't recall them doing something like that last year either. Like I, don't I know either. that they did. I don't recall them making a video like this. That's pretty neat. Well done, MLB and GOT. I mean, they like partnering with Star Wars. They partnered with all kinds of stuff. For oh, the yeah. Team nights and such. I did see like a video of one coach who was sitting in an iron, like an iron throw up, and he was like, well, Game of Thrones was very popular. We got, we got the chair from the show here, and I think it's just <laughs> the best. To take pictures with? <laughs> yes, because everyone could sit in it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, moving on from that, of course, like every week, um, the Game of Thrones production is in, the sh is in the thick of filming on the eighth and final season. And we have some reports from the set for y'all, if you can handle it, because there are some spoilers involved. Big spoilers. And uh, as we know, right now, most of the action is going down at, um, and now I get to say this. Mag Haramorn. Maghermorn, Maghermorn, Quarry, Quarry. I actually looked it up a little bit. Oh. Somebody told me it's pronounced Mag Maghermorn. Maghermorn. If anybody out there is from Northern Ireland and knows how to pronounce Maghermorn or Maghermorn Quarry, I would really appreciate it because I don't know how to say it. Help but, a Dan out. But the point is, uh, Game of Thrones is filming a lot of material there. They're really going hard on it, and in, in, in a very visible way, mm -hmm. just because that's where all the expensive explosives going on. I mean, they're filming interiors, too, but we don't get to see that, obviously. Right. So all eyes are on this area. They've put up this <clears> giant <throat> green screen, and uh, it's exciting to see what's going down. And two of the figures that are have been reported to be there by a very reliable source, a fan site called Los Rellenos, a Spanish-language fan site, are Nicolaj Coster-Waldau and... Uh, um, Gwendolyn Christie, who play Jamie and uh, Brienne, respectively. And kind of the big news, the spoiler is that these two, who have long had a turbulent relationship, 
I mean, I think one of the kind of the most exciting, interesting relationships on the show. I, I really enjoy their uh, relationship together. I do too. Theirs is one of my favorites. Oh when, yeah. You know, they're getting along and everything. You know why? Because it's based Working together. in it's based in respect. I I I I feel like I like it because you know when you have a girl and a guy on any show, the the temptation is kind of to make it a romantic thing. Do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. It's good to have a relationship that's just based that's not based on that. But there have been many. Oh, people I mean, have speculated yeah. that they of, of, of course there have that Jamie it's the internet. does like her or you know or she likes him yeah, or, yeah I mean, right we, we, we got to have that tension Kayla of course the point, it's not romantic though anyway the spoiler is that Jamie and Brienne fighting together the army of the dead side by side at some point in season eight filming now at Mag Hermorn Quarry Quarry <laughs> I can't even it's say quarry. Quarry is a word. But I'm, to I'm say it right after anyway. that, it's like yeah. too many vowels or something. I don't know. That's pretty cool. And, and I think sort of sort of inevitable and expected. I mean, before the series is out, I always thought those two would get back together and make a stand of some kind. I but, have a theory, Dan. Yeah, go ahead, Kayla. <laughs> I feel like them coming together in this battle scene that we think is happening, mm-hmm. one of them will die. They're not both going to come out alive, right? I, I, I have to probably agree with you, Kayla. Uh, you know, it, it's the last season. They're putting, every, they're putting all the chips on the table. They're going to have giant big battles. They're going to have all these characters we've come to know and to love over the past seven years lined up together. I can see it being very dramatic. I can be, see it being very stirring, but not everyone's going to come, come alive. Not everyone's going to get out alive, and I can see them uh, going after pulling our heartstrings by killing one or the other. What, if, can, yeah. what if they actually do profess their love, and then one of them just is gone? <laughs> you don't like that? It seems a bit cliche to me, but it's possible. I just feel like that's they're building it up to this and then they're building ruining everyone's hopes and dreams. And although both of them have Valyrian steel swords, that'll be nice. Ooh, that'll come she in handy. He has Oathbreaker, he has Widow's Whale, so they can use that to kick White Walker and zombie buttocks, which will be nice. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just for dramatic purposes, the rules of dramatics, I can see one of them dying in a really powerful, you know, what the other is lumped over the body, screaming to the heavens, why did this have to happen sort of way. If I'm betting, I'm guessing Jamie goes down before Brienne. Really? I yep. would guess the other way. Why do you say that way? Well, she's Brienne. She's a badass. And is Jamie a very doesn't good have point. a hand. He doesn't have a hand. That's an excellent point. <laughs> So I'm just going with, you know. No, you're right. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I would say maybe just she'll be more in it, but he's kind of the a bit more of an important character. He's been around since the very beginning. She got introduced in season two. But you're right. Like, logistically, it makes more sense. They can't keep everyone around. Oh, no. I'm just trying and, and, to see. And they won't. Who you can deal with going. Yeah. And I mean, he has done some bad things in his life. Maybe a, a good death would be a good end for him. What I think guys, so. What do you guys think? If if you had to choose one to die, good viewers, Jamie or Brienne, now that we know they're going to be battling side by side in a big pitched battle, who would you pick to survive if you had to choose? Hopefully we don't. Hopefully, maybe they'll both live and live happily ever after in a cottage by the sea. That'd be delightful. I really super doubt it. <laughs> if you had to pick one, I'd be curious There's a to handful know. of characters that I won't even speculate their deaths because I Fair just enough. can't picture that happening. Kenny says, but Jamie has to kill his sister first. Oh. It's highly possible. Oh, yeah. and he's possibly a dad again. He is possibly a dad again. We're st- the jury's still out on whether that's true or not. <laughs> but uh, we'll figure it out. Lisa thinks that Jamie will probably die and Arya will use his face to kill Cersei. Ooh, linking it up. Why not? 
Whoa. And Dan thinks that Jamie might give his life to save Brienne. So I, I guess people oh, are agreeing. That would be so gentlemanlike and heroic. It would be nice. Or she could do the same thing the other way around. Reverse it on him. But I, I guess most people seem to think that Jamie would die. Although there were a couple votes for Brienne too. Okay, no, there were three, four, and three against. I don't know either. Just like us, Kayla. <laughs> Another minor thing about Jamie is that the actor Nikolaj Kostrwaldo, um, just a minor bit of follicle-related spoiler, is that uh, he is bringing back the beard in season eight, which could be fun. Thank goodness. He's gone through a wide range of facial hair over this over this show, from pretty much clean shaven. He's had a lot to, of changing looks. Thinking he has. He, oh, totally has. Like in the first part, he had like the kind of long bangs over the eyes and uh, the armor, and then. He loses his hand and his fashion went to crap. Just um, ragged clothes and like a short Justin Bieberish haircut. <laughs> but he's been be become real. more likable. He did. The shorter his hair got, the more likable he is. And mm. uh, he'll be bringing the beard back in season eight. I think we've It's a why you're likable, Dan. I, I thought that too. I mean, I, I feel my life has improved a lot since I grew this beard. There and you there go. you see it. Exactly. Are you more of a. Jamie with a beard guy, Jamie clean shaven guy. Beard. Me too. I like some facial scruff. Fair enough. And he'll be coming back, which is really the big takeaway from this, whatever the Jamie and uh, Brienne <laughs> stuff is. All right, let's move on. Oh, and then some other folk just think, uh, oh, Christian thinks they go down together. Also possible. <gasps> that would still be really <laughs> sad. <laughs> there's, I just don't think there's any happy ending to them being together in battle. I'm hoping for a great outcome, but it's Game of Thrones. So. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Although, if I think I might want a happy ending for them more than anybody else. Really? I, I don't, I why think, so, Dan? Because he's gone through such a huge change. Yeah. And she is Which is why a, they're setting him up for this yes, I agree. big death. And she is a, one, of those, one of the few characters who's very upstanding mm-hmm. and very noble-hearted and just hasn't really done anything that can be objectionable. No, you're right. So she's one of the few who's just like likable through and through. And I think part of her happy ending could be having him live. But I can also see that I, I can also see something bittersweet going on. We don't know. So clearly we yeah. We're looking forward to it and dreading it. Then nobody suggested that they both live. So that's too bad. Ooh. All right, moving on. Let's um let's take a look at some of the pictures coming out of Mahermorn Mahermorn Quarry. It is hard to say. I, I made a little fun of you in my head when you asked about the word quarry, but now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah, <laughs> it's you're hard right. to run it all together. Yeah, it is. Mahermorn quarry. Okay, what we're going to do is um, indulge in a tried and true fan um, ritual mm-hmm. where we have these pictures coming out of Mahermorn quarry. They're of this giant green. <laughs> that was good. I'm, I'm getting good. I'm that getting was good. good. They're of this giant green screen. People are in front of it. The thing with it is, though, it's so, like, the, 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 the photographers are very far away from it, and the pictures they're taking aren't that close. How far so, do you think this is zoomed? Oh, incredibly. Like, the pictures are taken from, like, across the bay, like, in just an incredibly long insane. lens. The gist of that is, we can't actually see who's in the photos, which is kind of fun for us, because we get to look at the photos and say, who is that? And make up our who own scenarios. And say, what does that look like? So we invite you to pour over these. <laughs> Obsess about them with us and see if we can't pull anything out of them. So these are pictures from Mahermorn Quarry. Um, coming at you live on Take the Black Live, which, by the way, is available in podcast form. Um, on iTunes, you should download, rate it five stars, and give us a uh, positive review. And on Google Play. Okay, photo number one. I can't believe how massive the green screen is, first of all. Yeah, again, it's, it's 
tentpole movie superhero blockbuster sized. Again, they're, they're going all out. It's the eighth season of this popular show. They should. Okay, so this photo, we got the green screen. What's interesting about this one is we have people in green screen suits, but they are on horses. That is new. Now, <laughs> never been seen before. I mean, we've seen horses. We've seen folk on green screen suits. We haven't seen them together. Right. So your thought is. Okay, my thought is, which I'm really stealing this thought from other people on the internet, but it's Shh. I'm going to present it to you. Um, Heard the here thought first. is that Game of Thrones uses people in green screen suits for pretty much one purpose. It means when they're going, they're going to be whites. They're going to be zombies. Look at that zoom. Right. By Richard. Richard Durante <laughs> doing an amazing um, job of zooming. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the reason they have them on green screen suits is because they have to CGI in like the rotting flesh and the bones and everything you can't do with makeup on a zombie. Um, so they have that. Now, we've never seen them on horses before because zombies, kind of a stupid bunch, don't really know how to ride horses or drive cards or play mahjong or anything like that. Naturally. Yeah. So if they're on horses, my one thought is those might be Dothraki zombies. <sighs> Because Dothraki love getting on their horses so damn much that even after they're dead, they're like, no, I'm not leaving this. Well, that's terrifying. It is, because they're, they're pretty terrifying just when they're not dead. So afterwards, it must be even worse. And I think that's one of the clearer ones. Okay. I'm calling that Dothraki zombies. If anybody has a different thought, you can um, suggest it, fight me, and leave a comment on our uh, iTunes podcast download. Or Google Play. Or Google Play. <laughs> you can rate us five stars while you're at it. Leave a friendly review. Okay. Let's look at another couple of photos and see if we can't pull anything out of it. them. This next one. This is of what we think is just a northern army with all the spears and they have helmets and shields. You can see it in silhouette. Arrayed against the green screen. What we're looking at and what I think, we're, we're zooming in on this guy in the corner here. This squat little figure. <laughs> okay, the question for you is... Yes. Is this one of the following? A, is this Peter Dinklage, who is a very short man, um, standing off to the side, his cape flapping in the wind, meaning Tyrion's on set. Is it B, a person who's just sitting down and is in silhouette? Or is it C, a light fixture or a prop or something? I think it looks like Tyrion. I think he's wearing a little cloak, and I think he's fortuitously standing apart from the crowd so we can see him and pour over it. Dan, I want to go with A. I do, because Tyrion's my favorite. <laughs> sure. But I can also see um, it possibly being someone just crouched down. I don't think it's a light fixture or um, a prop or anything. It's a guy with a smoke machine. Oh, <gasps> Richard says Richard it's a guy with a smoke thinks it's a guy with a smoke machine. Actually, I see oh, that because hey, it looks like. like... Is that, are, are you based on anything? No, it just looks like shooting smoke out of. It does see the oh. white. It does look like I see that now. Oh my god, I do see that now. Maybe it's a PA. I think Richard's right. Just doing his job because photos photos that broke literally before we even started this. We didn't have time to get him in show giant smoke wafting out of this set. It's totally a I production think we cracked assistant. it. This is great. Yep. Okay, so the <laughs> answer alarm, to that one was it is not Tyrion Lannister or even a prop. It is a man with a prop. Maybe it's Peter Dinklage with a smoke machine spraying things around to be helpful. Possibly. It's not. That's it's <laughs> not it's it's a union thing. You can't do that. <laughs> Only the smoke guys can um Hold the machine, I'm sure. 
All right. Well, look at that. Richard I think we solved it. With thanks to Richard Durante. <laughs> Richard Durante, part of this crack crew at Winners Coming. You can appreciate his work and ours by going to iTunes, downloading the episode, writing it at five stars, and leaving us a positive review or Google Play. We do the same things. Okay, I'm glad we actually we, <laughs> we, we broke something, or rather, we corrected my stupid idea that no one else had to begin with. All right, finally, it wasn't stupid. Thank you, Kayla. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I mean, I was told by other people that you're wrong. I just I don't know. I wanted to <laughs> push ahead. I really thought I had something. Anyway, one last photo we got from Mahermorn Corey. Exactly. Okay. okay, so this is one last one. We have just people milling around. It's like between sets, we got a, a big rig with a camera. Um, yeah, a big camera rig. We have some people milling around. Okay, I think, tell me what you think. Okay. That there is kind of a, col- a column of red in the middle there. Can we zoom in on that, Richard? That's, that's right, that's right. Good, good stuff. That from a distance, before I zoomed in, um, I thought looked like a person wearing a red dress or garment. And my what did thoughts you go to yes. Melisandre, the red priestess. All she wears is red. She's obsessed with it. Makes she needs sense. to get a new color. Um, and now that I'm zooming in, I still think that I still think that could be um, true. I, I it, it doesn't look like. What do you think, Kayla? I think Dan. It looks like someone sitting in the back of a carriage-like <laughs> thing, going like this, wearing red boots. <laughs> If, if Richard, you have an opinion, you could type it in. Or if anybody else, what does that look like to you? That's, that's Peter Dinklage wearing red and shooting the smoke machine. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, that one's solved, too. I'm glad we could be here to clear this stuff up. <laughs> Do you see that, though? Like someone tall with their one leg up and then one down? I don't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, JK, might, guys. I might not see a person either. That was my thoughts. Maybe I just, the red just stops, so I don't think it's someone well, it, wearing like it something. It radiates into shadow. <laughs> we <laughs> well, will never does. know. We don't. I mean, that, that's, that's the fun thing about this, though. We, we can't get close enough to know for sure. Do you know what's crazy? Might be for the best. What's that? We don't even know who's in that picture. It could be, like, major cast members. Oh, I mean. We have no idea. It could be Queen Elizabeth in that picture, for all we know. It's probably not. I want to go ahead and say it is. No. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I'm glad we got through some of that. I'm fire extinguisher. Yeah. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I wonder if the Royals watch the show. Just curious. They probably do. And uh, keep them coming <laughs> so we can obsess over more smudges in pictures and see what they come up with. Okay. Before we uh, let you go today, I want to bring up one more story. Yes. Which is about George R. R. Martin, author and troll. Um, <laughs> This guy is a, is a bit of a smartass. He, George R. R. Martin, of course, the author of the Song of Ice and Fire series, he said recently he's pulling back from blogging. And then he's been playing games with fans. He's been not only blogging almost more often than he used to, he's been dropping these cryptic hints because he must know that people follow, follow this obsessively. And he knows that we're going to pay attention to it and dig too much into it. I mean, did you see what we just did? We just looked at three photos for like 10 minutes and tried to look at smudges and see what they are. I've been pretty outspoken with my George R.R. R. Martin dislike. Oh, Kayla, that's, 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 that's... He annoys me. I think he just drags people on. I think he's a bit lazy when it comes to writing. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just, I don't know, creating buzz all the time about 
nothing. I think sometimes nothing. I sometimes think he's stuff. he's an affable nerd, and I mean, I I, I I like scavenger hunts like this, but tell me if you think this is too far. Okay, so his latest post is basically code for something we don't know. Um, he it's a kind of a it's a post and is not a blog, and it's just. Did you happen to read it, by the way? Yes. Okay. So it's 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 hard to describe. It's, it's, yeah, it's confusing. It's him <laughs> writing nonsense sentences, references to different movies and stuff, like the dragon has three heads, and uh, pluck your magic twangers, which is a reference to a 1950s television show where someone said that to summon a gremlin, and stuff like that, and then pictures of hands with fingers up, counting to like one two three four, one two three, one two three four five, and then. He's listing his location rather than Santa Fe, where he lives. And he usually lists it. He's listing it as, like, the Lonely Mountain and Hidden Fortress. And that would be telling. Another one of the sentences was, um, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you, which is a quote from Sherlock Holmes. So he's doing something, and he's, you know, being cute with it and leaving some crumbs and teasing people for fun. I shouldn't say I don't I dislike him because he I gave us Game of Thrones. I didn't yeah. mean that. I mean he's, he's annoying when he does this kind of stuff. <laughs> Just be clear, George. Like be clear. I mean, I get it. I think it's fun. I think it's cute to mess with people. I mean, there there's there's part of me that understands it. I, I I wonder if maybe he doesn't get like how many people take his stuff. Seriously, like yeah, it's a game to him almost, like cat. And Which mouse. is fine. He's allowed to. It's not like doing any harm. No, yeah. But the point is, he did this post, and our best guess is that it refers to the Game of Thrones prequel shows, because he tagged it television. He's somewhere else, probably possibly L.A. to talk about this stuff, and he used those hand symbols in another post when he was talking about the prequels. Okay. To show how many there are. So I'm thinking there's been some development. Maybe they know how many there are. Maybe they're ready to getting ready to talk about one more openly. That's my guess. Or it could just be him, you know, like, having a good old time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm bored. Let me play with all my fans. Play with, play with people like they are toys. And uh, Emma thinks that he's a bit old now anyway. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's... Losing his mind? What does she mean by that? We got to stop. We got we to gotta back <laughs> off this. Thank you, Georgia Martin, for everything you've done for us. Bless you. Eternally Speaking of grateful. that, next... Josh Hill and I are going to discuss um, George R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones and his series in loving detail. So thank you. We do not disparage you. Although we did say this on tape, which you can go listen to if you download the podcast on iTunes, which you should rate five stars and leave a positive review also on Google Play. Uh, Kayla, any other thoughts before you head out for the day? Everyone enjoy opening day. Everyone enjoy. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Great. It's kind of cold here. And see if your team is celebrating Game of Thrones night. Exactly. At MLB.com, probably. Exactly. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure as always. Have a good one. See you guys next week. All right. At this point, we are going to bring on Josh Hill, fan-sided editor extraordinaire, to talk about um, A Game of Thrones, the first book in the Song of Ice and Fire series, and our continuing series, A Song of Dan and Josh. I've read all the books multiple times. Josh has never read the books. We're going to talk through it chapter by chapter and uh, see what we can dig out of it. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, <laughs> Julie and everybody. Josh has the hellos on lock. I do. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into it. Let's do it. Um, we read two chapters today. We yeah. read Ned... Nine. 
nine, you're all over it, and Daenerys six. Mm -hmm. Another, actually, they're, they're both quick chapters, but yeah. another one of these Ned chapters that's just really quick and to the point. Mm -hmm. um, he visits the brothel, and then he gets stabbed in the street. Yep. No, he doesn't. He a, breaks a, his leg. A, a horse his falls on him get in the street. Stabbed in the street. Yes. And you mentioned this was like our first big character death. I mean, big character death. It's okay. a guy named Jory Cassell who 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 was on the show, but I'm not, mm -hmm. not sure if you remembered him. Do you remember him? No. He was one of Ned's guardsmen. Okay. It's 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 the first I think like named character who we might remember to die, which will obviously kind of. Uh, presage other things that'll happen down the line the mm -hmm. show is famous for killing people left and right and hey it's it's begun <laughs> jory cassell dies in the streets killed by jamie lannister's men although interestingly in the show do you recall the scene from the show at all i don't know right um it happens although it's not raining because who has money for that um and jamie the, the big difference between this scene and the books and the show is that and the show, Jamie's actually involved in the fight. Oh. Like here, Jamie rides up. He's like, "You took Tyrion. Give him back." Ned's like, "No." He's like, "Fine. I won't kill you because then I won't get him back. Definitely mm -hmm. kill every kill all those men." And then he just rides away. In the show, he sticks around and actually fights Ned oh. sword to sword. And then Jamie stabs Jory Cassell on the show mm. in the eye in a in a pretty good moment, <laughs> and then leaves Ned for dead. Classic Game of Thrones. Why do you think they would change that for TV? Because on the in the books, it's pretty quick. Jamie yeah. confronts him, and then doesn't even. I think he does pull his sword. He threatens him, then he puts it back, and he rides away, and his men kill him. Why would they change that for the show? I mean, it was kind of better in the show because you got your fight with Jamie and, and you did. Ned. So. Yeah. And it's television, so it's like you're going to have to yeah, have two of your main action, characters yeah. fighting and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I kind of preferred the show a little bit because we did get our Ned and Jamie fight, but this was this fit with the flow that we're going with, with this kind of noir, quick, quick chapter sure. thing. Going. And the this mystery. The rain is, coming down. It's nice. The rain nice coming down. And it's, you know, the mystery is now unraveling. We're getting to the point where this is. By the way, more pieces have been uncovered. Renee says hi back to you. Hello. <laughs> It's, um, oh, hi, Josh, Emma, too. This pays off. So Renee, does Lisa. Uh, Renee and Emma and Lisa. See, I, I made a note, too. See what happens when you're polite to people? I was thinking about Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm here. Um, yeah, no, I liked, uh, I did appreciate it in the book because it fit that noir theme that we have going. Um, but the show was a little bit more interesting because you got Ned and Jamie fighting. Yeah. Which almost seems gratuitous when you think about... How do you mean? How it was nice in the... Because it, it, it was flowed in the book a little bit more where the chapters fit together and the pieces fit together. Whereas like if Ned and Jamie would have fought in this chapter, it would have felt just really out of place. You think? Like, yeah. Because, well, because it's not... that We haven't had a whole lot of violence outside of that one chapter with the mountain. We really haven't, in no. Here. And then all of a sudden we have this violence for really no reason other than Tyrion got kidnapped. Like, I mean, that's a good reason, though, I think. But it wasn't like Jamie and... I don't feel like Jamie and Ned really had that kind of... There was nothing building towards it. It would have felt very f sudden to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're right. And to be fair in the show, they actually do add in Jamie Ned's scenes that aren't in the book that kind uh, of build up to this. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the first episode, he's like... Uh, are you going to fight the turning Ned Stark? And he's like, no, I don't fight. I don't want people to see what I can do. Mm -hmm. So there's like, there's more of an antagonism on the show than there is in the books. Yeah. One of the, the times when they actually add scenes to the show, which they do less and less of as it goes on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's more taking away. But in the first season they did, and they did do that. So there was more of a build up to it. Either way, a uh, fun scene. Always like some violence. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm struck by, um, I don't, because when people talk about Game of Thrones, they always talk about the violence and the fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, it lasts like all of three paragraphs. Yeah. 
um, it's usually over very quickly. It's not like he he writes long fights, Mm-mm. which I guess is harder to do when you're writing a book anyway, because it's just how ex- how can you keep it exciting? Yeah, uh, throughout a long period of time. Um, how about the other part of this chapter, which the bulk was? He's in this brothel talking mm-hmm. to who and for what. One of J. Uh, Robert's bastard children and yes. the mother who has this like fantasy where Robert has oh, come to like, pathetic. you're yeah. going to raise the child it's, with it's me. It's pretty and he's sad, like, yes. Oh, not going to happen. Um, but it was revealed that Cersei like has been killing off these bastard children. You like that bit? Yeah, that was yeah. fun. And I, well, it's like twofold. It was like she's killing off all the bastard children, and then I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait, all of the bastard children?" As in, like, there's not, so I many mean, of them. Not all. She she killed two. Yeah, but it's like the implication that like Robert like can't keep it in his pants, and it's like he's got all God, of, no his way. seed has been spread all over Westeros, and Cersei's been like chasing it around. Uh, but it did kind of give the brutality of, of of Cersei, and again, for some reason, I always forget that like they're married. Like I know, it's such I, a I'm huge totally thing. I'm totally with you. But... I forget. It's it's easy to forget because mm-hmm. they're such their own characters, and mm-hmm. they 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 they're like wants and needs do not intersect at all. Yeah, in any way. And like, because Cersei has been established as such an evil character, anyways, from the mm-hmm. show, it fit right into where I was like, oh, of oh, course totally. you would just kill these children. I was like, oh yeah, and then sell the mother into slavery. Like, yeah, the story right? was that Robert. This is by a little thing. To be fair, kind of mm-hmm. not a great source. That Robert, you know, slept with some chambermaid. She had twins. And then Cersei has the twins killed and then ships the lady off to slavery. Yeah. And um, the concern there. What was that? Classic Cersei. Classic. I mean, it really is. Like, you read that, like, that's a total Cersei move. (laughs) That's just what she would do. Um, One of the questions I had is that Robert, again, is shown in this terrible light. Mm -hmm. I mean, having a child with this girl who's still pining after him and then kind of just forgetting about her. Yeah. And she's like, he's going to come back for me. And it's like, oh, no, dear, he's not. Um, standing by, apparently, while Cersei kills these twins. Mm-hmm. Is the nail um, in the coffin of Robert is a good man? Is, is that nail already been pounded in? Or are, are you still holding out some hope that he could have some redeeming qualities? Because, I mean, this is one of Ned's oldest friends. Mm-hmm. They were good, good pals. Ned's hope is that he's going to live up to his promise and be like, a good freaking person for once in his life. Yeah. But we're getting more and more evidence that he's kind of an unthinking, unfeeling, um, f- deeply flawed person. Yeah. I think this is kind of a precursor to Ned's eventual downfall, where he's just, you know, his downfall is because he was wrong yeah. about something else. But this is, like, again, these chapters have been a construction and also, like, a deconstruction of Ned as this hero character the you know the, the detective in our noir story who thinks he's right and everything mm-hmm. it's like Chinatown like he's Jack Nicholson and he's wrong about everything and I feel like this is almost like a precursor to him eventually dying and this is like his being wrong there it's like he was wrong about Robert his whole life it, it's not just like this you think it's I think so I think like he I don't know if like maybe Ned was the same way and kind of had a change in his life or something like that but I feel like his loyalty to Robert is a major flaw to him in his kind of quest for good. I could say and that, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like the thing that leads to his downfall, in my opinion, where it's like, all right, this guy isn't this perfect character. He's yeah. not right about everything. Like, and he's, Ned's not cynical enough. Right. And when he's wrong, he's 
horrifyingly wrong, whether it's his own, something that leads to his own death or this believing that Robert's going to be a good character or a good person when he's having twins killed and allowing his allowing, yeah, concubines to be sold into proper prostitution, not just right. personal prostitution. I, I like that point a lot. I think you're right. Um, really quick, too. First, hi, Julie just came on. And Corinne wants us to talk about um, the bit here with talk about Lyanna Stark, ah. who makes a brief appearance. And I, I actually did write this stuff down. So yes, Corinne, we can talk about that really quickly. There you go. Um, it's again, Lyanna Stark is is one of those characters, kind of like Rayquarian, who is dead long before the story starts, mm-hmm. but like creeps in at the edges a little bit, and, and you yeah. get an idea of what she's like. Ned remembers her really quickly, talking about. Um, back when Liana got engaged to Robert, mm-hmm. um, saying that, I know I wrote it down, love is sweet, dearest Ned, but it cannot change a man's nature. Basically mm-hmm. saying that, I don't want to marry Robert, he's never going to stay faithful to me, and Ned's trying to be like, oh, but he's a good person underneath, and he'll yeah. love you, and she's like, no, he's going to be a runner around everywhere, mm-hmm. which apparently she's right, because look at all the Spot bastards on. he has. Mm-hmm. And then later, um, Ned remembers the promises he made to Liana as she lay dying. So, again, and that promise, by the way, to keep Jonathan's identity a secret. Mm-hmm. So, another one of those long-term narrative depth charges he likes to lay yeah. down. I liked it. It was, you know, every time Liana shows up, it's intriguing because you don't i don't have a whole lot of even with the show i mean i guess now right. this, this most previous season where we had the we we don't flashbacks have or the visions that were dis- flashbacks disguised as visions mm-hmm. we got a little <laughs> bit more exposition on her but very brief it was very mostly brief, yeah. mad it was just like here she is bleeding and dying on the bed and it's she's interesting because there's so much unknown about her exactly but like this we kind of talked about last week where like lisa lisa or whatever lisa, and yeah. uh catlin are kind of juxtaposed against each other, whereas like Lysa is crazy, whereas Catelyn kind of came mm-hmm. back from that. Steady, yeah. I feel like there's a juxtaposition here where like Lysa, or, uh, Liana? Liana, the, Lysa, Liana. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's more level-headed than Ned, who is supposed to be kind of our right. hero character and our, the guy who's never wrong, and he's wrong from the jump about Robert, and he's so, again, kind of tying it into his downfall, he's so dug into this belief that he's believing to a fault. And that's sure, such a that. massive flaw in his character, which almost doesn't even make him a pure good character because it's this massive flaw. Yeah. How can you be a purely heroic character if you can't get this stuff right? And um, you're going to bat for a guy who has children killed. I think to be fair, I mean, he did quit a small council. I think now he's becoming disillusioned. Mm-hmm. It might, it's too late yeah. is, is the problem, which we'll see going forward. Mm-hmm. I just snapped my tongue again. I think I stopped trying to do that. <laughs> um, one thing you can make that a drinking game, you know, take the, the, but then I'll the just drinking get game. <laughs> drunker and drunker and do it more and more. One of the things well, I want to mention is that people who are listening um, on iTunes and Google Play, ooh, which you can download the show on iTunes and Google Play, rate us five stars, <laughs> and leave us a positive review. It really helps. It, it would, guys, have, to, to, to be a little serious. We would love that if you yeah. could, if, if you could, because uh, we'd appreciate it, and um, we'd love to be heard by as many people as possible. Um, one quick thing before we move on mm-hmm. to this. Um, the plot, it, 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 it did move forward because now Ned's been attacked by the Lannisters, mm-hmm. so that's obviously a big break for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the John Aaron mystery, mm-hmm. Ned's still really not any closer to finding out why he was killed. He mentions it himself. No. Like, 
he, he couldn't have been killed because he found out about Robert's bastard because apparently everybody knows mm -hmm. already. So that's not anything to kill someone over. Yeah. But I did like how they teased um, the Jamie Cersei incest reveal. Yes. By uh, when Ned is kind of holding Robert's bastard daughter, the baby, and running his hands through her fine black hair. The, the mother makes a point of saying uh, things like, eh, I didn't write it down, whatever. Like, oh, it was like his nose and his hair. Yeah, like her same. nose and her hair. She, she looks just like Robert, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. And then Ned's like, yeah, he remembered. The other girl in the veil also looked like this. And his eventual eureka moment when he thinks about, oh, wait a minute, Joffrey and Marcel look nothing like Robert, yep. which is how he comes to the whole incest mm -hmm. uh, conclusion. So yeah. a little subtle setup for that. Yeah, I like which that. Which is nice. Yeah. I mean,. Did you catch it when you read it? Because I actually didn't on the first read through. I didn't. I had to go back and, and check that. But I was like, oh, that is good. He's yeah, kind of nice. sneaking it right in there. But He's good at very that. Very subtle. And there it is again, I know. Okay, moving on. We also read um, Daenerys 4, yep. which we're pretty deep into this book and not many Daenerys chapters, but no. she uses them pretty effectively, I think. Mm -hmm. I like this chapter. I, I, I like a lot of her chapters. To me, this chapter was about... Well, two things. It was about the world building he loves to do. We got a lot of oh, information yeah. about the Dothraki. They're in this capital city of uh, Vice Dothrak. Vice Dothrak. I was wondering Which, how to pronounce that. Yeah, that, Dothrak, that, that's Vise my best part. guess. Yeah. They say it on the show, so I'll just follow, follow <laughs> their lead. Um, which is just a sprawling but very empty city. And we got information on Blood Riders, which are kind of the Dothraki mm -hmm. calls... Uh, Super best friend, mm -hmm. attendants, bodyguards for life, bros kind of people. Yeah. On the Dash Kaleem, which are these ancient crones who live there. The geography of the place, the fact that the Dothraki like, take all these statues from other civilizations and bring them on back. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're that kind of culture. They don't build, <laughs> they just yeah. take and then just have your stuff. Yeah. Do you like any of this world building stuff? I did. I've always kind of liked this world building that he's been doing. Especially with the Dothraki, who are fascinating to me. Oh yeah? Why so? I don't know. They're just like this primal society that I want to know more about. And it's like, I want to know how they function. It's very like prehistoric almost the way that they function inside of this. We're bouncing from high society with Ned and Cersei. Right, yeah. And even to a lesser extent, like long, things dude. at the wall with Jon are kind of, you know, pinky up with things with the way that they like they bit, carry yeah. themselves with class and all this kind of stuff. And then you've got the Dothraki who are just, you know, I know George R. R. Martin, like, compared them to savages or whatever and we debated whether or not that was the correct way to say it but like this very primal society and i really i like how uh daenerys is kind of fitting into this yeah. and i wrote down i wrote down the note that this is the chapter where she hatches from her dragon egg into the <laughs> into the woman that we all love on the show damn you bring and, out the metaphors uh, yeah because like and you know i was hoping that this was the chapter where her brother got it and not quite I actually thought it might have been when yeah. I started it, but then it's. It, I, I think the next one will be. It's yeah. got to be. Because they're leading up to that. They're clearly. leading up to it. And I was like, I liked how it was the progression. Because even at the beginning of the chapter, she was like defending her brother and didn't really know yeah, she, she was doing it. Who it, it is just. So who just keeps embedded. being an incompetent boob. Yeah. I mean, just. You would figure after he got kind of schooled out in the Dothraki grass mm -hmm. when he like fell off his horse, they didn't let him get back on, he yeah. would learn something. But. He's still like, oh, these savages don't <laughs> understand the speech of men. And he, like, smiles at them mockingly. All they're good for is killing. He won't wear his 
uh, Dothraki clothes, even though his own stink and they smell. And, mm-hmm. they're, and they're making fun of him behind his back. They're giving him nicknames. He doesn't yeah. even know they're giving him. Just, he, he seems almost like pathologically clueless. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I, 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 I was, I, I was of two thoughts of that. I was mm-hmm. like, A, like, how can he not get more at the program? Um, and then B, I thought, well, maybe if we were in his head, we'd understand better that maybe just he never entertains the possibility that he's not the most important person in the room. Yeah. Like, it never gets through. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he is, he is the king. He believes it when he says it. So I guess he just has a lot of ego armor yeah. that it's hard to break because I, I, I figure by now a normal person would have... Uh, would have softened a bit. You'd think so. <clears throat> I, I I read it as like entitled insecurity almost. Sure, it's like because he's very he does get really, really angry. Yeah, when, he's very when, entitled. When she commands him or commands him to come. Yeah, and even things like her. you know falling off the horse and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like the old you know making fun of somebody for falling down. Like they can't. <laughs> they they refuse to see it as a teachable moment. They get angry yes. about it. Yes. and they're like and they're insecure. You know, you're wrong about learning. this or whatever. So like. Yeah, entitled insecurity is how I, I saw that. But that's like being nice because he's an a hole. So he's like, just I'm a not, yeah. I'm not defending him in any way. It's well, no, like, I, I get that because again, so Daenerys has these kind of Dothraki clothes made for him, mm-hmm. and she asks him to come to dinner. She, she sends a handmaiden to go ask him. Yeah, the handmaiden messes up. She says uh, Daenerys commands you to come with him, and he he takes she, like a normal person. If you if you if you were if you if you were secure with yourself. You'd say, oh, she probably meant ask, or just like, mm-hmm. you're handmaiding us school her. No, he comes in raging. It's like, yeah. you don't command me. Oh, yeah. So obviously, he's, uh, he's feeling insecure. Yeah. And just, uh, he doesn't get over it soon enough, obviously. No. Um, why do you say that Daenerys is hatching into an egg or whatever that you said back there? She's coming into her own as a character from like where we met her, where she's like starting to stand up to her brother, and mm-hmm. she's really, you know... I just feel like this is like the first time where she seems like she is the character on the show where she's okay. com- she's getting more confident. She's getting more wise in the way that she approaches situations. It's like she's been reading the room for like these past chapters, kind of getting the lay of the land. And now she's like the smartest person in the room or getting to be the smart, one of the smartest people in the room because she's been observing and absorbing. And now she's getting to a point where she's going to be in a situation of power because she got herself there not because it's like she's marrying into it. I mean, she, I mean, she is marrying, she into, is it, marrying but, into it. But, like, she's not, not... It doesn't end there. Like, she's taking full advantage of the situation and kind of becoming her own character and her own strong character. And I really kind of like that development in this, in this chapter. So again, I mean, she does several things here that are kind of steps forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, most obviously, she smacks her brother with a belt, That's which brutal. is obviously <laughs> a big show of authority and force that she yeah. didn't have before. Because he's the one who's always abused her. Yep. And now she's like, I'm not going to take it. Mm-hmm. I have this belt. I'm going to slap you in the face. And he runs out of there. On the show, he's a bit more contrite. He's mm-hmm. like more surprised. But in this one, he just powers through mm-hmm. with uh, his uh, irascible anger. The other thing I noticed was that she, she has thoughts where she's planning for how her, how, not her, but her son is going to rule Westeros. Mm-hmm. Like she has a bit where she talks about when her son sat the Iron Throne, she would see that he had blood, blood riders of his own to protect him against treachery in the King's Guard. Like, she's making plans. Yep. 
like she's, got she's an end game. yeah she has an idea of where she's going to go like she's getting she's getting some ambitions mm-hmm. where it's supposed to be Viserys thinks he's going to sit in the Iron Throne yeah and now she's starting to now she's obviously spelling the coffee where he's concerned and thinking okay yeah. well he's probably not going to do it I mean I I doubt that she thinks that exact thought but if she's planning for her son to be in the throne Viserys isn't on the throne so yeah. I think that she's playing around that. Although it's important that she's not all the way there yet. She's not planning for herself to be in the no, throne. No, not yet. Which is where she'll get mm-hmm. eventually. Right? But she is at least, she's grown beyond Viserys is going to be in the throne and I'll just do whatever he says. Yeah. She's making her own plans. Yeah. And I, I really like that. I also looked up with what Doth Kaleen means. <laughs> it is the Council of Crones. Yeah. I liked that. I mean, they're basically like the religious, like, yeah, figures. they're, they're, like, they're they like, like religious figures, the widows of like the religious they figures are. and like everybody's afraid of them. I don't think they're afraid of them, but they're the widows of the dead calls. Mm-hmm. That, that's where Daenerys ate the horse heart in front of them. Yep. And then she's that's why they drag her back there mm-hmm. in the sixth season. Yeah. And she burns down the place and she just takes over. But yeah, um, yeah so that they appear in the show, too. They mm-hmm. haven't been left out. Um, finally, I want to talk about the notion of Daenerys giving close to Viserys. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see this a lot in, in the show and the books, both, but mm-hmm. especially in the books, is this whole notion of using clothes and your appearance and uh, just finery and symbolism mm-hmm. as a, a means to express your authority. Yeah. So here, I mean, Daenerys is very clear about it. She's like, maybe if you wear what they're wearing, they won't treat you like such a, like a dipshit and just mm-hmm. an idiot. Right. Um, and you, you'll, you'll be more respected. Mm-hmm. And he rejects that completely, which is the wrong move. Because one of the things that's set, set in Viserys apart is he doesn't look like any of them. Mm-mm. And his clothes are filthy, and they can't respect that. So it's that dress for the job you want yeah. thing. Like, that's what he should be doing. And that's reflected a lot, this notion of using fashion as power, especially for the female characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talk. Marjorie is always big on that. She always kind oh, of yeah. wears, like, when she's not with... Not married to a Lannister, she dresses in Tyrell colors. Mm-hmm. When she is, she dresses in gold colors. Yep. And that's kind of showing the rest of the court, I'm the queen now, I'm in charge. Sansa makes um, her direwolf shirt for Jon Snow and herself to mm-hmm. say that yep. I'm now a Stark taking back Winterfell. Cersei is always wearing like these armored gowns. It's, so they, they, they get that detailing mm-hmm. that when you're trying to project power... You know, the clothes matter. The clothes yeah. make the man or the woman. I like that uh, that, and that detail is expressed here. Any thoughts on that? I, I did like it because it kind of tied back into George R. R. Martin's love of describing clothing. Right. And it's kind of paying off a little bit now because I remember in that prologue we were talking about, he's describing this long, leathery, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool and fun. But now it's like actually paying off in, oh, wait, the fashion matters. And it there's does. something to it. And I, re- I really liked that that was kind of, that wasn't just like him being flowery and I mean, this is me writing about it's this. Not it was like always Ew. pointless. Like no. there is a method to it. And yeah. it does matter if you want to be a leader, you have to look like a leader. Yeah. That's, I think, the point that they're trying to make and mm-hmm. that it will come back over and over in the story. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Josh, on either of these chapters? No. It was All right. solid. <laughs> solid. Should we read? Okay, there's like two chapters next. I think it's a brand chapter and brand chapter. Right, we've been had one of those in a while. Yeah, and then a Tyrion chapter. They're both on the long side. Do you want to read one or two? It's like thirty pages altogether for two. Let's dive into the brand chapter and see where we're at next week. I love it. Okay, let's, let's do, do the next brand chapter for next week. One chapter, Bran. I believe he meets uh, 
Osha the Wildling in this one. We get more Theon talk. We'll see you next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, here on the Winners Win Facebook page. In the meantime, we are available in podcast form, so you can download and listen to us on iTunes, Google Play. If you could give us a good rating, give us a nice review, we'd really appreciate it. And we will see you next week on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.